Amen. Amen. Well, we've reached our last Bible study, but hopefully not the last of the last, but we'll see. Amen. Genesis chapter 4 is where we're going back to. Uh, a familiar passage of scripture. Familiar, I don't like to call it story because sometimes story has a bad connotation. Story means what? A lie. But we want to say that it is a, uh, a Bible account. We might have to uh, shut the lights down a little bit. Campbell. We might have to uh, cut the lights down a little bit. Three things. Three things. Got the lights to be on. You all Stay humble, brother David. Stay humble. <laughs> Stay humble. <laughs> No, that one, that one, I think that one's okay, D. I don't know. All right. Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4. When you get it, say amen. Everybody there? All right. It says, and Adam knew Eve his wife. Not that he was acquainted with her, but that he was intimate. That's a word, of course, we probably all know. 
that the Bible uses that word for intimacy. Adam was intimate with his wife and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. Verse two, and she again bare his brother Abel and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Now, I don't know if Cain and Abel were twins that she said, the Bible says, and again, she uh, bare Abel, his brother. But the Bible, a lot of times, though, does not give us the, uh, the, the time that passes by. I'm looking for another word, but it doesn't give us the timetable on some things is what I'm saying. So it could have been that they were twins. Maybe they weren't. Maybe they were. Uh, and the Bible, let me say this while I'm on that point. The Bible does not give us uh, information on what happened in Cain's life, his, his whole entire life, every day of his life. See what I'm saying? Every second of his life. The Bible doesn't give us that information. Probably be because, one of the reasons is because we would have a book that is so big that we wouldn't even be able to carry it around. Uh, but the other reason is, is that God is a detailed God. And not only that, but he tells us what we need to know. Everybody with me? So in the Bible, God doesn't maybe not tell us everything, but he tells us what we need to know. So it said that she conceived and she bare, um, again, she bare his brother Abel. And Abel was what? A keeper of the sheep. Um, let me see, my eyes kind of getting a little. But Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in process of time, it came to pass in verse 3 that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock in verse 4 and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. That's what verse 4 says. And when he says that he had respect in the, in the uh, Hebrew, that means that God turned his head. He paid attention is what it means in the Hebrew. He paid attention to Abel's offering. Abel got God's attention. Did you hear what I said? Not everything gets God's attention. He knows about everything, but there's something that really gets his attention. You remember when Jesus was in the temple, in case you think I'm preaching heresy or teaching heresy, when Jesus was in the temple and everybody was putting up their money into the, into the treasury uh, and Jesus saw all those people pass by, right? He saw them, but there was one thing that got his attention. What was that? When that little widow woman came and gave two little mites, that got his attention. That, made, that, that, that caused Jesus to address the issue that was going on at, at, at hand, right? Because he saw what that woman did and it caught his attention. There are some things in our lives that we, can, that we will do towards God, worshiping God and living for God that will get God's attention. He'll say, hold up now, that wait, now, wait. You know, Jesus said another time, he said, uh, you know, when, the, when uh, who was it? The, uh, the woman that came to Jesus and wanted a miracle, right? And he said, is it right to take the children crumbs uh, and give it to their dogs? And she said, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And what did Jesus say? He said, I've not seen so great faith, not even in Israel. It got his attention. Where am I at? Uh, verse 5. Uh, and 
It says, but unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect. Cain did not get God's attention. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, why? Why art thou wroth? And why, had it, why has thou countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire. And thou shalt rule over him. What does verse 8 say? Somebody read it for me, please. And Cain talked with David his brother. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. Keep going. Verse 9. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? Verse 10. And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood cried out unto me from the ground. And now... Verse 11, art thou cursed from, or now art thou cursed from the earth, which had opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. Verse 12, mm -hmm. keep going. When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond shall thou be in the earth. Verse 13, mm -hmm. and Cain said unto the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. 14. Behold, thou hast driven me out of this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hid, and I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth. And it shall come to pass that everyone that findeth me shall slay me. 15. And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him, Sevenfold, and the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. Sixteen, and Cain went out from the presence of the Lord, and dwelt in the land of Nod, on the east of Eden. Seventeen, uh -huh. and Cain knew his wife, and she conceived, and bare Enoch, and he built a city, and called the name of the city after the name of his son. Enoch. 18. And unto Enoch was born Irad, and Irad begged Mehujael, and Mehujael begged Methusael, and Methusael begged Lamech. And Lamech took unto him two wives. The name of one was Adah, and the name of the other was Zillah. And Adah bare Jabal. He was the father of such a such as dwell in tents, and of such as have cattle. Verse 21. And his brother's name was Jabal, who was the father of all such as handle the harp and organ. Mm -hmm. Verse 22. And Zillah, she also bare Tubal, Cain, an instructor of every artificer in brass and iron. And the sister of Tubal Cain was Naamah. And Lamech said unto his wives, Ada and Zillah, Hear my voice, ye wives of Lamech, hearken unto my speech. For I have slain a man to my wounding, 
and a young man to my hurt. Verse 24. If Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, truly Lamech seventy and sevenfold. 25. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bare a son, and called his name Seth. For God, said she, had appointed me another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. Last and final verse 26. Right. And to Seth, to him also there was born a son, and he called his name Enos. Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. All right, somebody, thank you, Brother David. Somebody look up 1 John 3, 12 and read it for me. Somebody look up Hebrews 12, 24, and someone else please look up Matthew 23, 35. 1 John 3, 12. Hebrews 12, 24, and Matthew 23, 35. 1 John 3, 12, Hebrews 12, 24, and Matthew 23, 35. 1 John 3, 12 first. Hebrews 12, 24. And to Jesus, to the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling, that speaketh better things than that of Abel. All right. Matthew 23, 35. So what did God say in the verses that we read about Cain and what did he say about Abel as far as their offering, as far as their works? We, we just read it, Sister Linda read it in uh, 1 John. The Bible says something about Cain. So the way that Cain came to God, God said that was evil. And the way that Abel came to God, God said that that was righteous. Isn't that right? Yeah. It was acceptable because Cain, because Abel got God's attention. Now, I guess I'll put interject this here, that there is a right way and there is a wrong way to approach God. Everybody agree? Because if you notice, I don't know how deep, you know, and I know that we all know the Bible, most of us, but 
when you really study the Old Testament and when you study the temple in the way that the priests sacrificed before God, there was a recipe and there was a qualification and there were precepts and ordinances for everything. God said that you're not going to just come and approach me the way you want to approach me. But you're going to approach me the way that I tell you to approach me. Because when the priest went into the Holy of Holies, they tied a rope around his ankle, first of all. And he had bells on. And when he was in the Holy of Holies, if there was any sin found on him or in him, when he went into the Holy of Holies, he was struck dead. Isn't that right? And the people that were outside the attendance would grab the rope and pull him out. When Nadab and Abihu were sacrificing before God and eating the sacrifices which they shouldn't have done, what happened? It said that a fire came from God and killed them. A fire came from the presence of God and killed them. That's how serious God is about how we approach him. He said, well, God's not killing anybody in the church today. Well, I don't know now. Because there are people that, that have cut themselves off from God. Even though they're coming to the church, they're still they're spiritually dead. Because they have not been treating God the way he wanted to be treated. Don't you want to be treated the way you want to be treated? But yet God tells us how to approach him. And so, as I said before, there's a right way and a wrong way to approach God. Now, let me go on. Our society teaches us that whatever desire we have or whatever impulse we have or whatever lust we have, which is strong desire and sometimes twisted desire, that we're supposed to satisfy that. Isn't that right? When this commercial got to eat. See what I'm saying? You see what he's doing? He's holding his stomach. Why? Because he's hungry. Isn't that right? And just because we get saved and just because we get full of the Holy Ghost don't mean that our flesh is not going to get hungry for certain things. Isn't that right? Oh, it's right anyway. Our flesh is not going to stop being our flesh just because we got saved. You understand what I'm saying? I got saved. I wish I had somebody when I first got saved to tell me what I'm telling y'all right now, which is not saying y'all don't know it. I didn't know it. I'll tell you that. I got saved at the age of 16 years old. I didn't know what, what I was doing. You know, I thought just, you know, getting saved, now you go to church and now you study your Bible, now you pray and all that kind of stuff. I didn't know that I had to address the issues that were deeper than on the surface. Huh? But there are things, all of us know that there's things in us that we wouldn't want anybody to know about. Isn't that right? And sometimes there's, there's, there's anger, there's lust, there's, 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 there's malice, there's, there's all these things. What does it say? Uh, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred. You mean they got hate in the church? Oh, no. Variance, emulations, wrath. That's a person that's just angry all the time, just wrathful. They, they might kill somebody like Cain. Uh, strife, seditions, heresies, envies. You mean they got envy in the church, Brother David? People are envious of one another, jealous of one another? No, huh? Not saved people, not born again people, not spirit filled people. Okay, uh, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions. A lot of churches have strife, isn't that right? 
Oh, okay. Heresies. You know what a heresy is? What is that? What is that? A false teaching. Heresy is a false teaching, a doctrine of devils. You mean to tell me that they have doctrines of devils in the church? Paul said this. Paul said, I, I wish to send Timothy to you because I don't have anybody else like him. Of all the preachers that he had that said under Paul, he said, I don't have nobody else like Timothy. He said, because all, you know what he said? All of them seek their own. All of them seek what's gained to them. All of them seek real uh, uh, church. I, I, you know, I, I, I need a stipend. I need y'all to pay me more. I need y'all to buy me a jet. Oh, Lord have mercy. I need y'all to, to, to buy me a Rolls Royce. We're looking out for itself. You're not looking out for the people. Isn't that right? He's in it for what he can get out of it. God is not interested in people that serve him for what they can get out of him. For what benefit they can get out of him. We serve him because we, because we love him. Because he first loved us. Isn't that right? So Paul said, I wish to send Timothy to you because I don't have anybody else like him. That's sad. That's sad. I don't know if it's sad to you, but it's sad to me. Because you need to tell me out of all the preachers you had, Paul, you didn't have nobody else like Timothy. And how was Timothy? Paul said that they all seek their own. So what is that saying? He said of Timothy, he said he is genuinely concerned about your best interests. Huh? I would rather have somebody like Abel, and you'll understand more in a little while. I'd rather have somebody like Abel than somebody like Cain. Drunkenness, revelings. The devil cannot possess a Christian, but he can persuade a Christian. He can cause your mind to be so twisted if you let him to where you're doing things, you're uh, obeying your flesh. Your flesh says, oh, go over there and watch that. Oh, yeah, I go turn on the TV, put it in a movie. Your flesh said, go over there to the boat. You might win. Yeah, I go going up to the treasure chest. Huh? Going to Harris Casino. No, I'm not supposed to be in there. And trying to slip in there, looking around, looking from two and get on in here before they see me. Huh? But how many know, no matter how far we go and whatever we do, somebody's going to know us. Somebody's going to see us. And if nobody sees us, God sees us. Because when Cain did what he did, who saw him? God did. So there are a pair of eyes that are always watching us and God is wanting us to do what? To do the right thing. There is a way to do the right thing in God and there is a way to do the wrong thing in God. And the way to do the right thing is God is the way, in God is the way he said to do it. Amen. All right. So it said that Cain that guy right there. It said that Cain was a tiller of the ground. Isn't that right? Cain's name, I told y'all before, and I, I guess y'all remember me saying that when you have a Hebrew name, it tells you something about that person's character. Just like Jacob. Jacob meant deceiver, right? Abraham meant father of many nations or father of a multitude. Jesus' name, even Yeshua, which there is no J's in, in, the, in the Jewish language, in the Hebrew language, there is no J's, there are only Y's. So his name is Yeshua, but his name meant what? The anointed one, isn't that right? 
Amen, Reverend Lewis. All right. So Cain's name in the Hebrew is Cain. It's spelled Q-A-Y-I-N. Cain. And what his name means, it comes from a root, which is Kana. It's Q-A-N-A-H. Q-A-N-A-H. It is a verb. So what is a verb? A verb is an action word, right? Okay. It is a verb meaning to buy. It means to gain. It means to own. It means to acquire. Did you hear what I say? Cain's name means to buy, to gain, to own, or to acquire. What did his mother say when she had him? She said, I have gotten. I have acquired a man for the Lord. So what did she name him? She named him her experience. She named him what happened in her life when Cain came along. She named him acquired. But not only did she name him that, but that was his character. Cain was one who was always looking for what he could get. You ever, you ever know somebody like that? Every time they come around, hey, bro, got a little something for me? Let me hold something. Huh? Y'all might not know that, but I've been to the corner store. Um, say on. Um. Say on. That's the worst thing I hate to hear when I get out of my truck at the corner store. Say on. I'm like, well, I don't believe you, my brother's child, and I don't believe you, my sister's child, but I will feed you if you're hungry. But they're just looking for a handout. I used to go to work in the morning, the guy's hanging on the corner. Come home after work, eat, guess what? Same guy. <laughs> Same guy's hanging on the corner. Huh? Still looking for a handout. Isn't that right? There are some people. That are, listen, listen to me. There are some people that are driven, that walk in the spirit of God. There are some people that walk in obedience to God. There are some people that know what the scripture means when it said, He has showed you, O man, what is good and what the Lord requires of thee, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to do what? To walk humbly with thy God. God wants us to walk with Him. What happened with Enoch? Enoch walked with God, huh? 300 years, Enoch walked with God and said, God took him. He was righteous and God just took him. He, he translated him. Got him out of here. One minute Enoch walking down the street praising the Lord and whatnot, and the next minute he's gone. Where did Enoch go? I don't know. God took him. God said, you're the kind of person I'm looking for. So that means if we're going to make it to heaven, what do we need to do? Walk with God. Not just go to church, but walk with him every day. Walk with God, in step with Him. When you walk with somebody, how do you walk? You walk in step with Him, not going to the right, not going to the left, not zigzagging and all that kind of thing. Not serving Him a little while here, and then not over here, and serving Him a little while over there, and not over here. Walking with Him, all every step of the way. Walk with Him. There are people that walk like that, but then there are other people that cannot seem to get it together. Why? Because they don't know how to say no to their flesh. Don't we realize that everything that we, every impulse we feel, we don't have to listen to it? Y'all might not know that, but I know that. There are things that, in my life that come up against me that want me to do this. Come on. Come on, man. You know, you owe it to yourself. Huh? Just this week, I'm saying no. 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 You know why? Not just for my own good, but, I could be good, but for your good. I can't get up. Before you and teach you anything, if I'm not walking obedience, God is not going to anoint that. 
God is not going to use me zigging and zagging, doing my own thing and all this kind of stuff. He's not going to use me if I'm not walking in obedience to him. He's not going to use me if I'm not living like Abel, bringing him the best. The best that I have, all that I have. He's not going to use me any other way. Y'all might not believe that, but it's the truth. So, Cain, why did God reject Cain? Didn't Cain try to do his best? Didn't Cain try to bring God what he thought that God wanted? Huh? But what happened when, when Adam had sinned? What, did, what, what were the, the, the penalties for those sins? He said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife, cursed is the ground. Isn't that right? That's what he said. He said, cursed is the ground because of you, because you listened to your wife and you didn't listen to my voice. Cain brought up the ground. So what he, he said he brought up the fruit of the ground. You know what that means? That means the produce. You ever heard that word? All of us have heard that word. Get that produce or whatever by the market. Oranges and apples and all that kind of stuff. Produce. Cain brought God what he had produced. Isn't that right? He brought him. Come on, y'all. We got the country out here, right? We got somebody knows about the gardens. What do they do? They get out there and they, well, they used to anyway. Did the hole and shit that garden. Chop it up, chop that dirt up and everything, huh? Yeah. So they're going to do what? Make something grow. So what was Cain doing out there? He was trying to make something grow. So he could bring it and he could sacrifice it to God. Isn't that right? Huh? So when he brought it to God, what was the problem with it? Yeah, that was part of it. That was part of it. But what was, what was, I said he was out there working. Look at what I'm doing. I'm working. Isn't that right? The Bible said that we're not going to be saved by works. But by faith. Isn't that right? The Bible said that Abel had faith. Isn't that right? So when Cain brought God what he brought, and no matter how hard he worked at it, God did not accept it. Now you may say, well, that man, that's kind of cold-hearted. This boy got out there and, and did all this sweating and all this kind of stuff. It don't matter how much we sweat when we're working in the flesh. It don't matter how much we work when we're working in the flesh. It don't matter how much we say we're doing it for God when we're doing it in the flesh, when we're doing it of our own self. You see what I'm saying? When we're doing it by our own efforts, we're not going to get anywhere like that. Cain. He worked the ground, but the ground was cursed. He was trying to bring God something from somewhere, but God had cut it off. If there's anything that God has cut off, don't fool with it. Because he's not going to be pleased with it. I don't care how much you work. If he said, no, that's flesh, guess what? What does the Bible say about believers? The Bible says about believers that they have crucified the flesh with its affections and lusts. Isn't that right? So we cannot come to God in the flesh. We cannot come to God and say, God, look what I did. Look what I did. I, I, I did this for you. I did this to please you. But if it's done in the flesh, y'all going to sit. Not even going to pay attention to it. Because the only way that we can approach God is the way that he says that he wants us to approach him. He's not going to change for anybody. Isn't that right? Okay, so Cain and Abel had their day in church. So the Bible gives us the birth order of Cain and Abel. The Bible says that Cain was born first, 
And then Abel was born second, right? So when the Bible says that Adam was the son of God, what does that mean? He was the first son. He wasn't a begotten son, but he was a created son, right? Jesus was the begotten son. Which order did he fall under? He was the second son. Isn't that right? The blessing always fell on the second son. That was God's order of things. And when we look at Genesis, Genesis means beginning. So everything in Genesis sets a precedence for everything else. Isn't that right? All right. So the Bible tells us that Cain was the second son, but not only that, but if you look at the Bible, when it gives you the order, when Brother David read the order of the births, it always had the male. Did it never mention the females throughout the Bible? It always said the son of, uh, this one beget that one, and that one beget that one, and that one beget that one, and that one beget that one. Why did he do that? Because God is saying that the man is supposed to be the head, but not only the man is supposed to be the head, but all mankind are connected by blood. Isn't that right? All mankind are connected by blood. So when sin entered the world through Adam, the Bible said that sin passed upon all men. In the book of Acts, it said that all men were made from one blood. But if you look at it, when Adam and Eve sinned, they tried to cover themselves with what? Fig leaves, right? And the Bible said that God took the fig leaves off of them. And he went and killed an animal and covered them with the skins of the animal. And blood is in the skin. What was God saying? He said, you can't fix yourself. You ever tried to do that? Well, no, I have, I have a shortcoming over here, so I need to try to fix that. I know that, you know, I ain't supposed to be lying, but I'm not. I just, I don't know, I just can't help myself. I just have to try to work on that. Huh? There's some, there's some guys that come to church right now, they can't help look at another one. Ah, they're just full of lust. Huh? Even preachers. Yeah. There's something down in them that they have not addressed. But God is saying that we cannot fix ourselves. God said, look, you, you come to yourself those big leaves, get them, take them off. That's not good enough. That's not what I require. And so he went out and he killed that animal. When Abel brought those fruit and whatever he brought to God, God said, no, that's not good enough because that's you. That smell like flesh. That smell like works. How, you, you mean to tell me I'm going to put my fire down on that sacrifice and let that smoke rise up to me? God can smell an offering. He knows what kind of offering it is. He knows whether or not we're sacrificing in the flesh or whether or not we're sacrificing the way he wants to sacrifice with the blood of Jesus. Huh? Amen, Rev. All right. So when Abel brought up his offering, what did he do? He bought the sheep. Isn't that right? You think that was a, 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 a cheap thing that he did? No, that was a very expensive thing that he did. Sheep, lamb, what did the Bible say when, to the priest? When you bring me an offering, bring me a lamb without spot and without blemish. Isn't that right? 
No spot and no blemish. What did John say when Jesus went out to him to the Jordan to be baptized? He said, Behold the Lamb of God which takes away the sins of the world. Even though they had all these other little sacrifices, God still said, that's not good enough. That turtle dove, that's not good enough. That pigeon, that's not good enough. That goat, that's not good enough. That sheep, that's not good enough. Because all those things pointed to the bee lamb that was to be sacrificed. Isn't that right? What Abel did pointed to the fact, and what Cain did pointed to the fact of Jesus Christ. Abel pointed to Jesus. That's why the fire fell upon Abel's offering. That's why God paid attention to it. Because it was signifying Jesus. It was pointing to Jesus. God said, that's what I want right there. That's what I want. That's the sacrifice that I require, my son. If you don't have his blood on you and on everything you do, it's rejected. The Bible said that we are accepted in the beloved. Who is the beloved? God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So who is the beloved that we accepted in? Jesus Christ. Outside of Jesus, there is no, no acceptance. The Bible says that he is the propitiation for our sins. Isn't that right? You know what propitiation means? That means he's the substitute. Isn't that right? He's the substitute for us because we could not be good enough on our own. So what makes us think that we can be good enough now on our own? Paul asked the Galatians, he said that you started in faith, but now you're trying in works. Now you're trying to obey the law. Now you're trying to do it on your own. You know that some people that will drive themselves in the ground trying to be like a little child, trying to be good enough for mama, trying to be good enough for daddy, trying to do the right thing and all this kind of thing. But God said, I am going to put what you need down inside of you so that you can do the right thing, so that you can please me. But it's going to be me in you. It's not going to be you doing it. It's going to be me inside of you. Doing the work. What did Jesus say? He did all those miracles. He walked on the face of the earth. He obeyed his father. What did he say? He said, it is my father that does the work. They got some people walk in church like they're really somebody. I'm repping this and I'm repping that and I'm apostle this and apostle that. If God does not do the work in you, you don't have all that entitled. don't mean nothing. Don't need a thing. You can be a apostle and still driven by the flesh. You can't control your own impulses. You can't control your eyes. Every time you see a woman, ooh. Every time your flesh tells you to do something, ooh, I don't see you Huh? When you gonna say no? I was talking to my uh, boss today. And he was saying they were all sinners. And I said, no, we're not. You can call yourself a sinner. But I'm not a sinner. Because anytime you put that ER on the end of that, that means that you're practicing that. That means that you're continuously engaging in that. You're a runner. Huh? You're a player. A basketball player. That's what you do. Huh? Isn't that right? Don't put that on me. I said, you mean to tell me, Mike, that you say you have the God in you that put the sun in the sky, put the moon in the sky, put the stars in the sky, made the oceans and the lakes and all that, put a border called the land on them and told them how far they can go, but yet you want to tell me that you can't deny your own flesh? Come on, man. God has given us all the power that we, that we need. You can tell me that you speak in tongues. 
Huh? But yet you can't control your eyeballs. You mean to tell me that you said that you close to God, but yet you can't control that little tongue in your mouth. And you can say that thing come to your mind. Give people all peace of your mind, all that kind of stuff. Tell them what you think. Huh? James said, let me tell you something. If you can't control that little pink member in your mouth, man, every time you open your mouth, it's saying anything. If you can't control that little pink member in your mouth, number one, it means you're not dead. Means you got some more sacrificing to do. Need to burn that uh, sacrifice all the way up. Sacrifice still real. Huh? Got the fire, the fire that hit it. And the sacrifice, you ain't burning all the way up. No? Save a little piece of it over there. Jumping all around. Huh? He said, if you can't control that little member in your mouth, then your religion is worthless. I don't want to hear nothing about what you got to say. A little small thing like that, you say, greater leader is in me than leader is in the world. Hallelujah. Huh? But yet you can't control that one little member. Well, if your God can't help you control that, I don't know if I want to know him. Huh? What do you say, D? Five minutes? That's what the clock says. <laughs> wow, that was quick. All right, let me try to hurry on. No, it's off by the What you trying to do with me, D? Let's say I gave you all those accolades and said how good of a guy you was. Now you're trying to mess me up. All right. So, so the Lord asked Cain, why? See, God also in this scenario with Cain and Abel, he was teaching accountability. If we say that we know God and that we are a worshiper of God, then we are accountable. He said that to him that is given much, much is required. Ain't that right? So we as a church, we're accountable. We as saved people are accountable. I just couldn't help myself. It didn't matter. I just couldn't help myself. I had to tell him what I thought. I had to give him a piece of my mind. I couldn't let him get away with that. Nobody do me wrong and then this kind of I'm a man. I'm grown. But you're supposed to be grown and saved. Supposed to be grown in, in spirit field. Isn't that right? The Bible says that we ought to know how to possess our vessel in sanctification and honor. Isn't that right? The Bible says also that one of the fruit of the spirit is what? Temperance. Self-control. You can't control none of this what go on around you. You can say what you want to say about it. You can fuss. You can pray. I do all that thing. That will change things. But in this world, in this world system, can I do anything about that guy over there in Washington? No, I tried to do what I could. It didn't work. Y'all know what I'm talking about now. Okay. So, that means that I can't control the things around me, right? That's right. 
But one thing that a Christian ought to be able to control, because God has given us everything under heaven to do it, is ourselves. We ought to be able to control ourselves. I'm going to say it again. God said, man, she had a woman come to church. She had a woman come to church, dress. And you want a brother to fall. <laughs> it's not about how she's dressed. It's about what's in you. What's at the root. It's not about really what's going on, what kind of actions that we're engaged in. We're accountable for those actions. But we need to go deeper than that. God asked Cain, he said, why Cain? In other words, look inside of yourself. When your impulses are going crazy and your emotions are going crazy and, and, and you just want to give somebody a piece of your mind, ask yourself why. Why is it that I want to give somebody a piece of my mind? Why do I, why do I feel the need to do that? Huh? Why do I feel the need to cuss somebody out? Why do I feel the need to punch somebody in the face? Why do I feel the need to pull that trigger? Cain killed his brother. Because he was driven by something else. The Bible said, we read it, it said he was of that wicked one, the devil. Is it possible that there are some people in the church that are of the devil? Jesus said, let them grow together. We can tell let them all grow together. When I come back, I'm separating. Worry about it. Because you might pull up the wrong thing if you try to pull it up. So this guy here, you see, this, this is the problem. That if we don't control ourselves, if we don't control our emotions, if we don't find out what's at the root of it so that we can go to God and say, God, take it out by the root. Pull it up by the root. John said the axe is already laid to the root. To the root. To the real cause of what's going on. See, that's, that's the thing about saved people. When, when, when we get saved, God don't want us to just come to church. That's good. He said, don't forsake the assembling of yourself together as in a matter of some. He said, come to church. Fellowship together. That's good. We draw strength from one another when we fellowship together. We share, we worship together, and we pray together, all that kind of stuff. Come to church. But while you're coming to church, sing the song, Search Me Lord. Huh? Search Me Lord. Find out. What's going on in me? Ain't that right? Some people come to church for one thing or another thing, but the real reason to come to church is to have an encounter with God so that we can be metamorphosized, so that the things in our life that's in there that is destroying our lives and choking out our productivity and choking out the things that God wants to develop in our lives, find out what it is. Why? Do you ever ask yourself that? Most of the time, and I'm not criticizing, I'm just trying to ask you no trick questions. But most of the time, we, we just feel how we feel. That's just me. That's not just you. That's not how God created you to be. You mean to tell me that you, when you're saying that's just me, God said that he created all of us in his image and in his likeness. So you're saying that's just God. Huh? Think about it. If I say that's just me and God created me in his image and his likeness, then I'm saying that's just God. That's how God, that's how God is. What does the Bible say? The Bible said, be imitators of God as dear children. Isn't that right? So our lives should start to line up with who God is, his character. We 
we've learned certain things in this world and we've been through experiences in this world and some of us still have scars and wounds and unforgiveness and, and bitterness and rage and all those kind of things that have not come out of us and that's what God is really trying to tap into. What is that thing that has not come out of you that when certain situations arise, it arises with it? It's the truth. There are certain situations we can act like, and I don't, I'm not saying we're putting on, but sometimes there's certain things that are not seen until certain situations, until we're placed in certain situations. Then that thing begins to be manifest. That's you. That's you. That's you. I didn't know that. And sometimes we'll surprise our own self. I'm just using that as an illustration. But sometimes we'll surprise our own self. Isn't that right? You think you know yourself. I think I know myself. I think I know how far I go. But do I really know? Now let me give you an illustration. Peter. When Jesus was sitting at the table with his disciples, Jesus said, one of y'all going to deny me. What did, what did Peter say? No. Oh, no, Lord. You, you couldn't possibly be talking about me. See, the one person that knows you is Jesus. I know you on the surface, but Jesus knows your heart. He said, Peter. He said, one of y'all going to deny me. Peter said, no, I couldn't. No, 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 no. And really, you want, you, want, you want the revelation that I got? Really, I believe that Peter was serious. I believe that he was sincere. That he would not deny Jesus under any circumstances. Ever. But the problem was, Peter did not know himself like he thought he knew himself. Because when Peter was put into that situation, what did he do? I don't know him. I don't know him. And Jesus had already told him that you're going to deny me. He said before the cop throws how many times? Three times. You're going to deny me, Peter. And Peter said no. But when, the when he was placed in that situation, then he denied Jesus. Yeah, I don't know the man. And the Bible said he swore with an oath. I don't know. Maybe he cuss. I don't know. But it said he swore with an oath. He, 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 he did something binding. He said, look, I'm telling you on the Bible. Yes, it's binding. A covenant. He said, I don't know him. I don't know him. And what happened? Peter began to remember what Jesus had told him. And the Bible said that Peter went out and did what? Wept. But not only did he weep, but he wept bitterly. That means Peter was so sorry for what he did. That means Peter was so repentant for what he did. There are times in our life when God will try to reveal not only himself to us, but he will try to reveal ourselves to us. Isn't that right? Why? Because he loves us. Not that he wants to hurt us. Not that he wants to do us anything wrong. Not that he wants to cause us to be uh, feel like we're less than everybody else. But God is, is, is trying to elevate us to the place that he wants to be. God wants us to continue to grow. And there are some things in our lives that if we don't address it, we're not going to grow. It's going to kill us. Isn't that right? Because of that thing that's down inside of us. Eve took that fruit because of that desire that was down inside of us. What did it say? She looked at the fruit. She saw it was pleasing to the eye. She saw it was desirable. 
Yeah, right? So she was governed by what? She was governed by her desires. A Christian cannot be governed by his or her desires. We have to say no to ourselves. Isn't that right? Some of us don't want to do that. It doesn't feel good. And we have been trained in our society, as I said at the beginning, to satisfy every little impulse, satisfy every little desire, satisfy every little inkling of the flesh. But God said no. He said no. What did I say Sunday? Quoted the scripture. Jesus said, if any man come after me. Now, if there's going to be any progress after you meet him, he said, if any man come after me, he must first deny himself. Huh? That means all my little impulses, all my little desires, all my little wants and wishes, and all that kind of thing. Every little time the flesh rises, I gotta, I gotta deny it. I have to deny it. Proper English. I have to deny the flesh. Isn't that right? Take up my cross. What did Jesus do on the cross? What did he do? He died. So what does that mean to me when I, when Jesus said, "Take up your cross"? That means I have to die. That means Kevin got to die to everything. All my impulses, all my desires. Ain't that right? My flesh. Huh? Yes. I have to die. Because if I don't, there's going to be a conflict of interest. Yes. Trying to operate like Abel and, and still operating like Cain, that's not going to work. The Bible says either it's sweet water or it's bitter water. It's one or the other. Either it's light or dark. Bitter or sweet. I can't operate in both realms. When I came out of my mama, I came out with all these different fleshly desires and senses and all these kind of things. But when I'm born again, born from the beginning, now I should have a new way of operating. Yes. And that's what Jesus was trying to preach in Matthew chapter 15. He said, if your enemy curse you, bless you. Huh? Despitefully use you. Pray for him. That takes a lot of denying sometimes. Because that flesh will want to rise up. None of us don't want to be done wrong. None of us don't want to be walked on and all that kind of thing. It takes a lot. But God said, in order to look like me, you got to stop looking like you. Ain't that right? You got to stop looking the way that you've been looking. So Cain killed his brother. And there, there's, a, there's a, lot of, a lot of murders that's going on in the world today. You know why? Because people don't know how to control their flesh. They don't know how to let things go. They don't know how to give it to God. God told Cain, he said, look inside yourself and find out. Because guess what? I used to smoke. I used to smoke. And I said, I'm going to stop smoking, right? So what I did was I took that pack of cigarettes and I bottled it up. I didn't bottle it all the way up. I bought it up to where most of them was broken and all that kind of stuff, throw it in the trash, and guess what happened? Went <laughs> right back in that trash can and I got those cigarettes out of that trash and started smoking again. Why? Anybody know why that happened? They died. They died. That desire was still there. God said, be in the world but not of the world. We can remove everything out of our house, take all the wrong things out of there. Throw them as far as the east is from the west, but guess what we're going to have? We're going to find some way to sell them that same thing again. Yeah. If it's not taken out of here. That's right. See, that's what God wants. He wants it taken out of here. So when old Slick Willie come by, they say, well, hey, man, you want you know, check this out or whatever. It's like, it don't, it don't even have no pull. It, don't have, it doesn't have any attraction. Huh? 
That's how we have to live as Christians, where all that stuff is burned out. We know what the Apostle Paul said. The Apostle Paul said that he was, by the cross of Christ, he said, I am crucified to this world. What does that mean? Dead. 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 Does a dead man have any impulses? Does a dead man raise up and give you a peace in mind if you slap him in his face, go down there to the morgue and slap him in his face? Does he raise up and say, Pat, why you me? Probably wouldn't be in there, huh? That's how God wants us to be. To where, even though somebody gives us a piece of their mind, cusses out, whatever, whatever, it's like, okay. Um, he said, I'm crucified to this world, but not only am I crucified to this world, but this world is crucified to me. Isn't that right? The world don't love me, and I don't love the world. Because see, getting in my clothing, this is the problem. This is the problem. Not enough dead people in the church. That's the problem. In the world, the only Bible that they'll see, a lot of them, because they're not going to come to church, they're not going to come to hear the preaching, they're not going to come to Bible. You see them in Bible study tonight? Huh? They have to see it in us. In our life, what does it mean when the Bible says that you're the light of the world? You're the illumination that they need to be able to see Him. He said, You're the salt of the earth. What does that mean? That means that you and I are the influence that the world needs. We influence them, they don't influence us. But there's too much of the world that's coming into the church, and not enough of the church is going out into the world. And I'm not trying to beat nobody up or nothing like that, but I'm telling you the truth. Yes. It's the truth, because it's a shame. God, God is after us. Yeah. It's not just that he wants to come to church so we can put our name on the roll and, and he keep, they keep our church attendance and all that kind of stuff. God is after people that he have them. Yes. He have them. Yes. Their whole heart. He said, love me with all, everything, all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Because guess what? If you love him like that, if I love him like that, guess what? Nothing else can't get in. Isn't that right? You can't have two people that you, you met in love with. Well, that's the biggest lie I've always told. Hollywood will take you that, show you that. Oh, I love this one. This is what I love that one. You know? No, you do not. A divided heart is a bad thing. A divided heart won't work. Because you can't give all your time to this one if you give a part of your time to that one. You can't give your undivided attention to this one when you steady praying with this one over here. Isn't that right? God said, I'm not going to share you with your flesh. Come on. I'm not going to share you with your desires. Yeah, yeah, we can still do that kind of thing, come to church, but guess what? God can anoint that, God can bless that. Always trying to bring him something in the flesh. God said, Abel, Abel showed you how I want you to come. I want you to come by sacrifice, by the blood of Jesus, by giving up everything. Isn't that right? Because if we operate like Cain, and I'm closing with this, if we operate like Cain, what happened to Cain? The Bible said that Cain was cursed, right? Even the thing that he brought to God, even the ground that he was trying to work, he said, now nah, it's not going to do anything at all. Cut it off altogether. But not only that, but it said that Cain went out from the presence of the Lord. There was no more fellowship. There was no more talking. There was no more communion. Cain went out from the presence of the Lord. Cain was very unrepentant, 
He got smart with God. Am I my brother's keeper? Yes, you are. I am. You are. We are each other's keeper. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And he went out from the presence of the Lord. Adam and Eve got kicked out of the garden where they were. Cain got kicked out of the presence of the Lord. Why? Because this had control of him. His flesh had control of him. His desires had control of him. And he lost out with God. So what am I saying? That our desires, if we are ruled by our desires, if we are ruled by our flesh, if we are ruled by those inclinations and those things that say, go get this, go look at that, go be with that woman, go be with that man, go over there and go, yeah, do this, do that, do this, it will cause us to lose out with God. 